Welcome, market participants, to another three things in credit. I'm Van Hesser, Chief Strategist at KBRA. Each week, we bring you three things impacting credit markets that we think you should know about. So how was your week? We joined a dinner last night hosted by a large bank for some of their community banking clients. The first question asked was, how much sleep did you get this week? You can imagine the answers. This week, our three things are, one, the glass is suddenly half empty. We'll walk you through what's changed. Two, consumer spending. How long can it continue? And three, silver linings. John McEnroe might say, you can't be serious. We'll explore. All right, let's dig a bit deeper. The glass is suddenly half empty. Since this is not my first crisis, my aim is to be grounded in my reaction to banking failures we saw last week. Let the hurly-burly of markets and let over-caffeinated business media do their thing, I'm going to be more measured. It's not my first rodeo. As we've said numerous times in this podcast, oftentimes the difference between a garden variety economic downturn and a crisis is financial stability, or lack thereof. And we've observed that coming into this downturn, we've had financial stability. The banks are in good shape, having been de-risked by regulators post the GFC. Riskier lending has been pushed out into the public and private markets, diffusing risk in the process and finding more appropriate sources of funding. So is this even a crisis? The Fed has backstopped deposits, and the three banks all fall into the highly idiosyncratic category from our perspective. But what the failures have done is make investors anxious, as here is fresh evidence of something that has unexpectedly broken amidst the Fed's aggressive tightening program. Remember the debate over financial conditions? How despite all of the Fed's hiking and quantitative tightening, financial conditions were actually loosening? Well, that's changed. Looking at Bloomberg's Financial Conditions Index, it's plunged back to levels we last saw in October when risk was selling off hard, back to levels we saw in the worst of 2015, remember that was the Greek debt default, and 2016, that was China slowing. It's worth noting that as bond yields fall, those indices will improve, but make no mistake about it, risk did not feel great in those past periods, and it doesn't feel great now. We get a sense that market participants have flipped from a glasses-half-full mentality. The economy is stronger than expected. We have immaculate disinflation to more of a glasses-half-empty one. Financial conditions are tightening. We're seeing credit crunch. The Fed has to cut rates. Well, this quite possibly is just markets coming to grips with something we talked about last week. The long and variable lags of financial tightening haven't magically or immaculately gone away. They just take time to present. The bank failure episode will have a chilling effect on risk-taking. One of the consequences of this is that those charged with scoring risk, accountants, lenders, investors, will adopt a more conservative tone. That means a more skeptical mark-to-market regime. And for an economy normalizing, coming off of supercharged growth with ultra-low interest rates, that's going to leave, well, a mark. Risk premia have moved out materially over the course of the week. We may have seen the tights and credit spreads for the year. All right, on to our second thing, consumer spending. I came across an interesting piece in the New York Times last week by Lauren Larson, who is a lifestyle writer based in Austin, Texas. The title of her piece is, 
I spent two years revenge spending. It was hard to stop. The tagline to her piece, the pandemic gave consumers an excuse to spend more to make up for lost time. Those who went overboard are trying to reverse course. She talks about what she calls is a new lust for spending that ultimately led to blowing through her budget and making up the difference in borrowing with a credit card. In her piece, there's a discussion with an MIT professor who worries about technology making spending easier. I guess he's brought in for a little academic gravitas. Ultimately, she says, the most useful tool in taming her spending has been her anxiety. Only now, its source is not a deadly virus, but the specter of a recession. We recount this story because we believe Ms. Larson's anecdote reflects broader trends unfolding in consumer spending, which of course drives growth in the economy. Her story gets at important issues that are shaping the great deceleration, namely the role and durability of stimulus-fueled excess savings that drove supercharged economic growth in 2021 and is softening the landing today. Spending is slowing. Credit and debit card spending per household at Bank of America fell in February to 2.7% year-on-year, down from 5.1% in January. But spending is not falling off of a cliff due to the strong jobs market and the still elevated levels of excess savings. We see that in this week's retail sales data, which came in lower, as expected, than January's spike, but still showing signs of life, especially in the control group. Even where savings are depleted, as in Ms. Larson's case, spending continues until it becomes constrained. That happens through self-regulation, where it's real but far from perfect, and when borrowing capacity drives up. The self-regulation piece can be shaped by any number of factors. Talk of a crisis of confidence in the banking system and renewed talk of a harder landing can easily be among the catalysts. So if you take all of this into consideration, Falling real wages, falling excess savings, but a still strong jobs market, you get decelerating personal consumption, but at a rate that still, quite frankly, points to a softer landing. All right, on to our third thing, the silver linings. So it looks like the financial instability may have run over the no-landing crowd. Market participants these days seem to have moved back into the how-bad-might-the-recession-be phase. For what it's worth, we remain in the camp of expecting the U.S. economy to hit stall speed at some time over the course of 2023. The swift response to specific situations by both the Federal Reserve and U.S. Treasury, as well as the Swiss National Bank and the Swiss Financial Market Supervisory Authority, FINMA, has stabilized what are idiosyncratic stories for the time being. One of the silver linings in recent developments is that with growth forecasts slowing, the commodities complex continues to fall. The Bloomberg Commodity Index hit a recent low this week at 102. That's 25% lower than June. The price of oil has been a big part of the story, with Brent crude falling to $74 a barrel, fully 42% less than its recent high of $128 right after Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Food prices are coming down. The FAO food price index has fallen for 11 consecutive months and is now 19% below the recent peak in March of 22. And let's not forget what bad news does to rates. It creates downward pressure. The 10-year Treasury is through 3.5%. The 50-year average is 6%. Fannie Mae 30-year fixed-rate mortgages, which threatened 7% a couple of months ago, are now approaching 5%. Triple B corporate yields are well inside of 6%. 
and the market, for what it's worth, is now pricing in 75 basis points of cuts by the Fed in the second half. This is certainly not to suggest that we all should welcome a good old-fashioned banking crisis. But as long as we stay out of true crisis, characterized by contagion, there are positive forces that offset the negative effects to some degree. And that is important to bear in mind as we continue to head into the long and variable lag storm. So there you have it. Three things in credit. One, the glass is suddenly half empty. We may have seen the tights and spreads for the year. Two, consumer spending. It stays vibrant longer than you think it would, but it eventually turns. We're getting close to that point. And three, silver linings. They're there, and lower rates and lower commodity prices will be helpful here. As always, thanks for joining us. Don't forget to check in on KBRA.com for our latest research and ratings reports. We'll see you next week. Hello, listeners. Join me, Van Hesser, KBRA's chief strategist for in-depth conversations with credit experts in my new monthly podcast, Leading Voices in Credit, where I'll interview market professionals on the latest trends in credit markets. That's Leading Voices in Credit with Van Hesser. Subscribe now.